welcome to Baby Tour Guide's Montessori Babies podcast. I'm your host and baby tour guide, Bianca Solorsano, and for the last decade, I have dedicated myself to helping parents, educators, and caregivers optimize baby development through a Montessori lens. This podcast is all about evolving our Montessori practice to make our time with our sweet babies easier, relaxed, and so much fun. Let's jump into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of our Montessori Babies podcast. I am genuinely very excited for this week. You guys, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you know that I absolutely love talking about the solid food introduction process and specifically the Montessori approach to it because it is so empowering and there are so many wonderful opportunities for development and just joyous moments in the solid food introduction process. And as the child continues to grow within this process, they start to use more advanced tools. And one of those tools is a straw. So today we are going to be talking all about straw cup milestones because believe it or not, there is a whole progression to drinking from a straw. And I have the wonderful Don Winkleman, so Easy Peasy's pediatric feeding specialist and speech and language pathologist on our show today to talk all about it. And we will get into the interview in just a minute. Before we jump into the interview, I do want to let everyone know I recently announced that I am going to be teaching the Montessori Babies course starting this spring. And many of you have joined the mailing list. Thank you so much for that. For those of you who haven't quite yet, that pre-sale is actually going to be happening starting this weekend. So February 20th, 2022 to February 26th, 2022. And the course won't be at this price ever again because it's our really special pre-sale promotion. I know a lot of you have reached out to me about offering some sort of course like this and so I'm so happy to be here at this place where we get to embark on this really amazing Montessori Babies journey together. To give you some quick insight into the course, it begins with having a foundational understanding of Montessori pedagogy and of baby development and then you learn to implement by stage of development. So it's incredibly inclusive to all of our babies' journeys and it is just so wonderful. So I am so excited to begin offering this to everyone. The course officially goes live on March 20th, but those who do enroll during the pre-sale will get access to the intro module. There are some amazing reflection activities. We'll dive into the course objectives and you'll get access to our Montessori Babies course members only Facebook group. So definitely join the mailing list if you are interested in joining our course. Okay, now on to today's topic. So since we are talking about the solid food introduction process, I wanted to read a quote from one of my favorite Montessori books, and that is Understanding the Human Being by Silvana Montanaro. And she has an amazing chapter on weaning, which is what the solid food introduction process is called in the Montessori world. And I found this little excerpt that I just had to read today. I was so excited to share with you guys. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Weaning is an important turning point in the child's life. It is interesting to notice that the act of feeding used properly can be the source of a beneficial attachment, the means for the newborn to make a good transition immediately after birth. 
It can also become a natural aid to detachment and independence later. Once again, simple things in everyday life turn out to be powerful tools and can be used to achieve great physical and psychological results. So one of the reasons that I love the solid food introduction process is because it is just so remarkable how beautifully it correlates with exactly where the child is at in their development. So for example, we typically will begin to introduce food somewhere between four and six months, depending on the child and depending on, you know, what you discuss with your pediatrician. But what's so beautiful about that is that's exactly the same time when the child is learning how to sit, right? So they're developing all of these muscles and now they have the literal capability to sit in a chair, in a high chair, with their muscles being strengthened enough to do so, right? And that's just one of the ways that these worlds of solid food introduction and where a child is at in development all come together in the most beautiful sense. One of the reasons that I just love learning about baby development and implementing Montessori pedagogy is because everything is so purposeful and interconnected and it's just so beautiful. And now we are going to go ahead and jump into our interview. For those who haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, we have had the amazing Dawn Winkleman on our show and she has spoken about drinking from an open cup. She's spoken about using a bowl within feeding with our babies. And today she is going to share so much insightful information on straw cup milestones. So she is such an expert on her topic. She's a speech and language pathologist and a pediatric feeding specialist. And I'm always so excited to have her on our show. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Dawn all about straw cup milestones. All right. Thank you so much, Dawn, for coming back on our show. I'm so excited about the topic today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So as far as straw cut milestones, I am so excited to talk about this. And actually, this is something that's pretty new information to me. Some that I, you know, very observation-based. I've seen, you know, some progressions and stuff like that, but I'm so excited to learn from you as far as this topic goes. So before we jump into that, can you tell us just a little bit of your history so our audience can get to know you? Yes, I'd love to. So I am Easy Peasy's pediatric speech language pathologist and feeding specialist. I have over 26 years of experience teaching parents and medical professionals about starting solids with babies, about being able to decrease picky eating, and most importantly, about safety and milestones when it comes to feeding. Um, I'm the designer of the award-winning Tiny Cup and Tiny Spoon for Infants and the Mini Cup and Straw Training System for um, older infants and toddlers. So I'm very excited to chat with your audience about straw drinking. I am equally as excited, if not more. (laughs) Um, So for our listeners, she is the designer of the amazing cups. So we have a drinking from an open cup episode. So for those who didn't check that out, go check that out. I'll have that linked below. Now jumping into the straw cup milestones, as I'm sure you know, there's lots of different advice and pieces of info um, that are offered out there as far as how to give liquids to infants. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as a straw cup, when can we introduce that to our infants? Yes. So I like to introduce a straw cup around nine months of age. And why that timing is preferred is because you need to listen to the open cup episode where we talk about how you can do that at six months of age. And Having that open cup at six months of age works on the muscle movements that actually prepares a baby to be able to do different muscle movements with straw drinking. So let me kind of back that up. 
with open cup drinking, you're working on lip closure. So you're closing your lips together. So if everyone could just kind of close your lips and pretend like you're drinking from an open cup, that muscle movement is the precursor muscle movement for being able to drink from a straw. So visualize everyone at home, drink from a straw. Notice how your lips came in to make this what's called lip rounding. We have to have lip closure before we have lip rounding. And so it's really important for a baby to actually learn how to do that to in order to be able to be successful with straw drinking. A lot of the families that I work with are like, I'm trying really hard with straw drinking with my six-month-old, but they're just not getting it. And I have to explain When we are drinking, either from an open cup or from a straw cup, we have to hold our breath to swallow that liquid. Well, babies really don't have a lot of experience holding their breath for long periods of time. That's why we need to start with open cup drinking first in order to be able to practice that drinking from the open cup, having that lip closure, holding their breath, swallowing so that when we move to the transition to straw drinking, that they are familiar with holding their breath because they're going to have to hold their breath just a little bit longer to be able to suck up the liquids hold that airflow in their mouth, swallow, and then take another breath. It's really hard to coordinate those muscles if you haven't practiced those muscles with open cup drinking first. So I like to introduce a straw cup around nine months of age, which gives a baby three months of practice with an open cup so that when they start that straw, that's going to be extremely successful and very rewarding, not only for baby, for parents as well. So it doesn't take as long for them to be able to acquire that skill. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's so amazing that, you know, there's this kind of progression of development as far as even just how they intake their liquids, you know, and speaking of the, you know, that progression, one of the things that I'm so excited that you're going to talk about is straw cup milestones. So the progressive milestones of drinking from a straw cup within infancy and toddlerhood. So I would love if you would explain that a little bit. Yes. So generally speaking, when parents introduce a straw cup, they're choosing a straw cup that usually is weighted, or maybe it's a straw that they can kind of squeeze like a honey bear. They're squeezing that um, tube so that the liquid comes up to the straw to make it easier and more successful for children to be able to drink from a straw. The problem with that is that the child actually never learned how to properly drink from a straw. So when a child, you know, goes to take a sip out of, you know, mom's, you know, straw that has, you know, tea in it or water or whatever, they gag and choke and cough and sputter and then never want to drink from a straw again. Mm. The reason why that happens is because those products make it easier for them to suck from a straw, but doesn't teach the placement of straw drinking. Mm -hmm. So we want from a developmental standpoint, a baby by their 12 month birthday, their first birthday to be able to drink from a straw successfully and independently. And we can't do that if they haven't actually learned how to do it safely. So I designed a cup with easy peasy um, called the mini cup and straw training system. And it's an actual training system. It's a first cup on the market that has a training straw. And what that does is it has sensory bumps on the tip of the straw so that the child knows to keep their lips at the very tip of the straw. So that really is promoting that lip rounding muscle movement that we need. We need to have that muscle movement at the very tip of the straw to be able to successfully 
hold our breath and suck that liquid up. What children normally do with these other types of straws is they'll put the whole mouth on the straw. So they'll have an inch or two inches, or sometimes even seen a child have three inches of that straw in their mouth. And what they're really doing is suckling, like they're suckling from a sippy cup. And so basically it's just like, another bottle or another sippy cup. So they're not actually learning the skill. Mm -hmm. They're using their tongue to suckle it instead of using their lips to pull up those liquids. That muscle movement and that resistance of the liquid coming up to the lips is very important for speech and also to protect from choking and having liquids go down the wrong way or having liquids come out through their nose, as well as speech production, which we'll talk here in a little bit too. But all of these muscle movements are so critical for the safety of a swallow. Mm -hmm. A lot of families who transition to a straw and the child's having some difficulties coordinating with that straw that liquids can tend to go into the eustachian tubes and causing ear infections, or or they can go down into the lungs causing pneumonia or bacterial infections. And really what we need is a training straw to help learn that skill. So the straw that I designed has those sensory bumps at the tip of the straw, but it's also curved because we want that straw to come towards the child. So the child never has to tilt their head back. Mm. We want that head forward when drinking from a straw so that It's helping to put the child in a very safe position to protect their airway. So the straw has a curvature, the straw has a sensory bumps, and the straw is the shortest straw on the market. So they don't have to hold their breath for a long period of time. A lot of straws are super long for babies, and that's why they have to have um, a weighted straw to, to help because that straw is so long. But then they never really learn that skill. So we have a very short straw. So a child is just holding their breath for a short period of time, being able to drink that breast milk or formula and be able to successfully transition into straw drinking. That is so, so amazing. First, it's so amazing that you designed something with so many purposeful tools within it. So I will have all of that linked down below for all of you guys to check out. Um, Her straw training system is so amazing. I've been exploring it myself and it's just so wonderful. But as far as, you know, once they've mastered the straw training system, I know you mentioned in the open cup episode and you lightly mentioned here as far as their lung capacity Mm. and how infants have a harder time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they have a harder time breathing in to the the longer straws um, because they don't quite have that capacity quite yet. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. It's called the suck, swallow, breathe synchrony. And it's basically that you're going to suck of food, whether it's breast, bottle, cup, straw, you're going to suck the liquid in. Um, You're going to try to swallow and you're going to try to breathe before and after that. And that synergy is, can be very challenging for kids, especially if you have, and there's, I'm sure a lot in your audience, especially if you have a baby that maybe started with breastfeeding, but then for whatever reason, transitioned to a bottle and then it was having some difficulties and they tried a cup and, and all these different strategies that we're trying. A lot of the families that I work with, they try five, six, seven, 10 bottles before they find one that's successful. Mm-hmm. That lets me know that that child is having difficulties with that synergy of 
being able to keep their airway safe while they're trying to drink. And so then now we're going to throw in a straw on top of that, where they're having to really, you know, suck hard and, and hold their breath for a long period of time. That can be very challenging. Mm -hmm. And so what I always try to tell families is, you know, start with that open cup, learn those skills, practice that breath before we transition to that straw in order for them to really protect their airway, learn how to be able to have a good swallow and move forward. And for those of you I'm having you do all kinds of stuff listening, but swallow <laughs> your saliva. I'll give you a second. Swallow it and notice where your tongue goes and notice that you hold your breath. So I'll give everybody a second to do that. That once we did it, right, it makes it so conscious. It's like this purposeful act, but we've been doing this the whole time. We've been, you know, swallowing our saliva while you've been listening to this episode, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're doing this without even thinking about it. Babies have to learn these skills. They have to be able to, to practice these skills under really great circumstances. So for example, when parents are telling me that their child is struggling with being able to drink, I'm like, is your child sitting up at a 90 degree angle or are they leaning back? They're like, oh, I, I, I was leaning back. Okay. I'll make sure that they're sitting up. Or when you introduce a straw, were they sitting on your lap or were they sitting up in a high chair feeling very, very supportive? They're like, oh yeah, I, I need to do that. All of these things help with that breast support that we're really trying to get to help them feel like they're going to be in an environment where they don't have to worry about breathing. Children are always going to pick breathing over swallowing always. So when parents are like, we're struggling with, you know, breastfeeding or we're struggling with straw drinking, your child is going to pick breathing mm -hmm. over drinking. So we have to really put the child in the environment to make sure that their airway is always protected. And that's why, you know, I designed the, the straw, the way we did is because of the fact that that's going to give them airway protection. It's going to put them in that safer positioning. So kids still might have trouble and maybe struggle because their, their breast support is a little bit, you know, more challenging, but at least we have a good start. At right. least they're in that right position. But for most children, you know, having those systems in place, having those sensory bumps there, being able to have a shorter straw, all of those things are going to have that be very successful and not make that transition challenging for both the child or for the parent to lose patience and be like, ah, we'll just yeah. stick with the open cup. Like, no, we need to be able to move into these milestones because we want a baby by their first birthday to be able to drink successfully from a straw. Right. So as you were mentioning, kind of starting with a solid foundation is mm -hmm. the key to, I guess, starting them off on their success in their journey of learning to drink from a straw. So your straw training system is so, so, so amazing for that. And then the yeah. other things that you recommend are having them kind of like you just mentioned, being upright in a 90 degree angle, mm -hmm. having their feet planted, right? Yes. So um, you can do that at a Montessori table as well if you're choosing that, have their feet on the floor or a high chair with the, the feet option so they, their feet can be planted. Are there any other pieces to be aware of going into that experience? Yeah, I like to tell families too that if you're, especially if you're first introducing a straw, I really like my babies to be hungry. 
So it's, you know, cause it's going to, they're going to really be more anxious. So a tip is to make sure that we're putting breast milk or formula in the straw cup, because even though there's a lid on the straw and, and you can't smell the breast milk or formula as much as you can in an open cup, but once your child learns successfully to be able to take that first sip, they're going to want more because that is a liquid that they are very familiar with. It's really going to be very encouraging what parents tell me that they struggle is that when they move to water in a straw cup, when they're first introducing that at nine months of age, then the child never wants breast milk or formula in the cup. Mm. So they'll have breast milk or formula in the bottle, but they're like, oh, that doesn't go into the cup. So it makes it extremely challenging to to wean baby off of that bottle because we never started off putting breast milk or formula in the cup. So to kind of bypass that issue, um, we want to offer breast milk or formula and breast milk or formula is a little bit thicker of a liquid. So it makes it a lot easier to drink that from a straw and have that liquid be slightly thicker to make it easier for them to be able to protect their airway, makes them want to um, drink that liquid and be more encouraged to be able to drink that liquid. So putting breast milk or formula is something my top tip for being able to uh, first start with um, open cup drinking as well as straw drinking. Oh, thank you so much. That's so amazing. Such amazing advice. So one question I have for you, and maybe this is just um, an idea that that came to me as you were talking right now, would it make sense then to, to introduce, you know, breast milk or formula in the straw cup and then with their open cup drinking experience, have water in there? Would that make sense? Yes. So it can, you can switch it up if you would like to, but here is the big thing with water. So most pediatricians um, don't recommend water until a baby is 12 months old because that liquid can artificially make their stomach feel full. It can also um, with younger babies have issues with the kidneys. Um, And again, we're trying to increase baby's nutrition level with, you know, they need to have a certain amount of iron and fat and water does not provide any of that. And breast milk and formula is primarily water. So they're getting their hydration needs. So I actually like breast milk or formula to be in both the open cup and the straw cup in order for them to make sure that they're making their nutritional needs. Um, And then also again, being able to have two cups options. So when they start weaning from a bottle, or if a mom wants to start weaning off breastfeeding, then they're able to have this backup plan of cups. I can't tell you how many times a um, parent is going through that weaning process and they're like, I thought for sure my baby was just going to go straight to the open cup with no problems, but they actually preferred the straw cup or opposite. I thought they were going to you know, do one cup and have it and they go for the other. So having both cups be uh, accepted by a baby to drink breast milk or formula from is actually key to the successful wean. And also that if you're going to school, if you're going to daycare, if you're going to grandma's house, to be able to have that breast milk or formula go with the child and have that that caregiver be successful with that too. It's being able to provide that nutrition mm-hmm. in, in a variety of settings in a variety of different ways. It can be from the breast, can be from the bottle, can be from a cup, can be from a straw in order to be able to 
obtain those oral motor milestones that baby needs to do in order to obtain those nutritional milestones baby needs to do, mm-hmm. feeding milestones, swallowing milestones. And then of course, speech milestones will come from that too. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to have that success every single day and in all environments to make it feel comfortable and safe. And I, you know, I don't know if there's research behind this, but when babies are drinking from an open cup with me that has breast milk, I feel like there's more of a love connection. Like I feel like they are (laughs) connected to me because I, you know, they're looking at me and they smell mom. Right. And so that helps to really make that experience. Right. And that helps to build that trust with me as a feeding therapist that, Hey, Miss Dawn's pretty cool. Cause she smells like mom. Right. (laughs) And drinking out of these products makes me feel safe because it smells like mom. And so being able to support a parent's choice of whether they're doing breastfeeding or formula feeding in all environments with the success of a cup is is really encouraging and can really help our kids that are going to daycare or going to school or going to places that they still feel like they've got they've got mom's milk and they're going to you know, be able to contribute to that environment in a much better way because they still have that trust of that, of that feeding moment. Absolutely. I love that. One, one thing that I've also observed um, in my experience is that um, bottle fed babies, especially, you know, the ones who have been on a bottle who are starting to hold their own bottle, Mm -hmm. if they go onto the weighted straw cups and they drink them the same, right? Right. They they flip back, they flip their heads back. Yes. Yes. Great point. So, and um, and then there's that airway issue, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> it just, it just, it unfortunately puts them in a position where they're, yes, they're drinking independently. We could say that they're drinking independently, but they're not doing it safely, right. and that's the difference, right? It's being able to, you know, yeah, they didn't have any problems today, but what happens tomorrow? And you know, the the beautiful thing, but also the scary thing sometimes about a baby that's developing is that if you know like you were saying earlier, if we don't lay that foundation, the next skill that we teach is going to be twice as hard if we don't have that safe, successful, solid foundation. Um, So it's going to be even more difficult to teach the next skill and then more difficult to teach the next skill. So I always tell families, you know, because they're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to focus on this for my baby and this and this and this. And I always say feeding is the most important thing to focus on because that is the building block for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want your baby to to crawl successfully, well they need to work on feeding so that their tongue is in the right position to help them to crawl. Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't realize, you know, how much our tongues involved. I always tell people that it's really aging myself, but there's the most famous, um, a basketball star, Michael Jordan, and his tongue would always be hanging out. Like all the pictures of him, Michael Jordan's, ah, his tongue is hanging out. And I'm always like, if you look at Michael Jordan's tongue, he's telling you where he's going mm-hmm. because, because that tongue is facilitating where our body's going to go. And so if we work on feeding and that tongue keeps coming up to the roof of the mouth, then they have that stability to be able to crawl, to be able to walk, to be able to reach, to be able to play. That tongue has to be in that right position in order for them to be successful to do that. We don't think about that. The tongue is the base and the root of our abilities to 
to move and stretch and grow and develop. And that comes from feeding. So I always say, you know, just, you know, cut out all the noise and just focus on feeding and then everything else will kind of be able to grow upon and build upon successfully. Yes, I really couldn't agree more. Also, you know, in in the Montessori world, there's a lot of focus on, you know, the materials and, you know, a lot of the stuff that you introduce in that way. But so many of the benefits that we get from those materials can come from working on their daily, you know, meeting their need experiences and feeding is one of the biggest moments we can do that. Yes. So, yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So what are some benefits that people don't commonly know about drinking from a straw cup? So I think the first one that comes to mind is the speech benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a speech language pathologist, you know, this is, you know, the basics of what we do in our profession is, you know, setting up a baby to be a successful communicator. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, and again, that's where, you know, in order for that speech to, to happen, you know, we're again, focusing on that and feeding, you know, baby cries to communicate. We give them something to eat baby, you know, leans forward and wants more food. We provide more food, right? That communication starts with feeding and then it builds to, you know, babbling and speech production. But what happens is that if we're working on open cup drinking from the easy, easy, tiny cup and, and practicing that skill. We're working on lip closure and those sounds are the M, P and B sound. And then we practice that until nine months. And then we introduce a straw cup and a straw cup is working on lip rounding. And that's where all of our vowel sounds are as well as a W sound. So that what happens is all of a sudden, you know, these babies first words, right. Ba, ba, right. That guess what your child is going to be able to make those sounds a lot faster and easier. Um, or if they fall down, they go, boo, they have a boo-boo. Yes. Guess what? Ooh, is lip rounding, but mm-hmm. is the lip closure. So I'm, I'm seeing this, you know, development in, in babies by, you know, open cup drinking by straw drinking and seeing that speech develop at an appropriate age doing early intervention. So many children would come for speech therapy and really I ended up always doing feeding <laughs> be able to like, Oh, let's just introduce. Oh, you have an introduced straw cup. Oh, let's introduce a straw cup. And then a week later, the parents go, Oh my gosh, they're babbling so much. Well, guess what? They've just practiced all these vowel sounds, right. By just introducing that straw cup. So, you know, when families are like, I'm so concerned, you know, my oldest child was speech delayed. I'm really concerned about my child. I'm like, introduce the open cup then introduce a straw cup. And sure enough, they're just right on their way. So I don't think a lot of people know that. And and working on straw drinking with the lips at the tip of the straw, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if a child is putting their whole entire mouth on that straw, they're, they're not really working on lip rounding, right? So we need to have that placement. And that's where, you know, the easy peasy mini cup and straw training system is so successful is because it has those sensory bumps on the training straw side. And then once your child is able to consistently put their lips on the straw with those sensory bumps, and they're very consistent, usually it takes a couple of weeks. Then what you can do is you can flip that straw over 
and put it back in. And now we have the advanced straw. So on one side of the straw, it has the sensory bumps and the curved part of the straw. And then the other side of the straw has no sensory bumps and no curvature. So it looks just like a regular straw. So I'm always like, congratulations, your your child is now graduated to the advanced part of the straw. And then we're really working on that lip rounding because now they don't have those sensory bumps or that curvature to really kind of make that easier. And then that babbling will really start to, to go because it's, again, it's kind of like, I always use the examples of working out, but it's like, first you're doing squats and now you flip the straw over, you're doing squats with hundred pound weights, right? So you're really <laughs> working those muscles. Right. And that's when parents are like, oh my gosh, Don, now my baby is just babbling like crazy. And I'm like, yes. And then it's going to be more communicative intent. Right. And then that's when, you know, uh, everything with Montessori comes into play, right? It's just now you're really rocking and rolling and working on all these other areas of development. Um, and that, that makes it more exciting. And, and also parents knowing what to expect is so fun too. Um, you know, when I say, Hey, you start working on straw drinking, your child's going to start babbling. And they're like, I didn't believe you. This is amazing. <laughs> so that would be one of the things that I think most people don't know about straw drinking. So amazing. One quick question I have for you is how do you know that your child has mastered the sensory bump curved side of the drinking cup? Great question. (laughs) Um, So when every time you, you offer the straw cup and your child goes to drink and stays at the tip of the straw. Okay. So they no longer put their whole mouth over, you know, two inches of the straw that they actually are staying and maintaining that position. So some parents will say, oh, at the beginning of the meal or the beginning that I offer the the straw cup, they're doing that for the first couple of minutes. And then slowly, but surely they start to put their whole mouth on the straw. And why does that happen? And I'll say, well, those muscles are fatiguing. So just like, you know, going back to the squat scenario of I'm squatting and then all of a sudden I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not squatting as deep, right? My, my muscles are fatiguing. Mm-hmm. And so I say, well, then you're going to stay on the training straw until they're able to drink, you know, those couple of ounces and successfully with their lips at the tip of the straw. And then once they're able to do that successfully, then you can then flip it over. But yeah, that's a great question. I've actually never been asked that. Oh, great. (laughs) So lastly, do you have any stories about, you know, in your experience about straw drinking or we love stories here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I have a couple of really fun, successful stories. So just recently I've been working with a family who has a child with Down syndrome and, you know, unfortunately, you know, parents just get, you know, mixed advice, especially if their child has some kind of special needs. And this parent was told that, their child would never be able to drink from a straw that they'd have to stay on a bottle until toddlerhood. And so we, we started with the mini cup and straw training system. And sure enough, you know, the child at first was putting their whole mouth over the straw and then eventually showing the, how to be able to use a straw and changing up the temperature. So we were putting in, you know, breast milk that was a little bit warm and then breast milk that was really, really cold and changing up that sensory awareness. So when they're sucking from the straw, all that coldness or warmth is coming right to the lips, really wanting to have, the child even, you know, add more tension and more pressure onto the tip mm-hmm. and made that be very successful. So I was so um, excited and passionate about making sure that they're going to their next pediatrician appointment, being able to drink successfully from a straw. Uh, that's one just lovely story that just makes me so happy. And then another one is I work a lot with parents uh, with multiples, so twins or 
triplets or quadruplets even, and being able to have a straw for all of them to practice at the same time. And I always tell parents of multiples that, you know, one of your, your kids will really grasp onto whatever it is, you know, straw drinking in this case, and others will take a little bit more time. What I love about um, being able to have both twins drink straws from the same, at the same time is they'll look at each other to kind of see, how are you doing that? Oh yeah. And it's so fun to see, you know, these nine month old babies that can't even communicate, um, look over at their sibling who's, who's got the straw drinking down and correct themselves and, and really move their mouth back up to the tip of the straw and be like, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to do it. I love, I love seeing babies look at their siblings mm-hmm. and, and be able to figure that out. It's just absolutely fascinating because it's so fun to watch them experience that. And then it reminds us too, like, oh yeah, our kids are watching everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. And the way that we model straw drinking is really important too. So my last story here is I've had so many parents say, Dawn, I didn't realize I've been drinking from a straw wrong. And and I can't tell you like how many parents have said that. I didn't realize that I actually bite on the straw and kind of suck. Or I didn't realize that I actually put, you know, a couple inches of the straw in my mouth. And so, so many parents were even saying, you know, Hey, you know what? I realized that I still wasn't doing this correctly. And even sharing things that they said, well, you know what? I had a speech impediment when I was younger, or, you know, not only have I been thinking about straws, but I realize I still have a tongue tie. So it's kind of interesting with, with straw drinking, because I think it's just, no one really thought about it before. And Mm -hmm. now that, you know, we've really been out there educating the public about straw drinking, that parents are also being more aware of what they're doing with their mouth, with eating and drinking. And from this educational piece of, of watching their baby grow, that they're realizing, you know, you know what, I flip my spoon over when I eat, or I tend to drink more from a straw cup than an open cup. Why is that? That they're kind of asking those questions too. And I think that's what's, you know, so beautiful about feeding in general is that it always brings a family together, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a way for all of us to focus on this love and joy of, of eating and drinking together. Absolutely. Such a beautiful way to end it. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for all of this information. Again, there's so much in the world of feeding and I'm just so glad and happy to have you on our show to talk about it. I love learning from you. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that was our interview with the amazing Don Winkleman. I hope you guys loved learning about the straw cut milestones as much as I did. I absolutely love talking to Don. She is such an expert in her field. So I will go ahead and have Easy Peasy's Straw Cup Training System linked down below for you guys so you can click right into it. And don't forget to use the code MONTESSORIBABIES10 for 10% off your order at checkout. I want to send such a giant, giant hug to all of you. Journeying through, you know, this world of Montessori babies with all of you is just genuinely so much fun and I'm having so much fun getting to know everyone. Definitely feel free to shoot me an email, reach out, say hello. Let me know if you have any topic suggestions or requests. My email address is bianca at babytourguide.com and that's about it. Thank you so much to our patrons and to all of you amazing parents and educators and caregivers who are in our community. That's it for episode 32 of our Monastery Babies podcast, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye!
Hey, it's Bianca, your baby tour guide here, hopping back in to say thank you again for listening to this episode of Montessori Babies. If you'd like to support your baby's earliest and most important years the Montessori way, I have a totally free masterclass that teaches the six essential steps to begin Montessori with your baby that gives you the exact, seldomly spoken about steps that I created after over a decade working with Montessori babies, families, and caregivers. You can register via the link in our show notes or in my bio on Instagram at babytourguide. Also, if you're enjoying my podcast, I would absolutely love if you'd leave a review to help other parents and caregivers find and join our community. Thanks again for listening to Monastery Babies, and I'll catch you in our next episode. Bye!